And links to things we've talked about in this episode are at protagonist. Oh, can't even get that word out. We should rename our podcast. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we look at a great character in a great story. I'm Joseph Jarowski. And I'm Todd Mack. This week, we're not looking at a great character and a great story. It's another <laughs> one of our special episodes. Uh, this is a Mother's Day special, and what we have cooked up for you, I think, is a brainchild of our producer, Andrew, so I will let him give a quick explanation of what you're going to be listening to. Okay, well, it was basically derived from our adjusted plans for future Valentine's drafts, in which I will provide a list of characters, and you will each provide one match, and we pick the best one, instead of having to pick the best couples. So... I've selected a list of seven orphans, or half-orphans, depending on how you want to look at it. <laughs> Is that an official term? <laughs> no, because okay. the UN observes orphan as anyone who has lost one or both of their parents, as I learned when I was researching fictitious orphans. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? The, uh, the, you, listeners, just a warning. There's one character where he suggested it, and I said, she's not an orphan. <laughs> and Andrew said, no, the UN says she would be. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so I've, I've selected some orphans. And Joe and Todd will be providing potential adoptive mothers <laughs> from popular culture. Both the orphans and the mothers are coming from pop culture. Yes. And fictional pop culture. After each round. So Andrew tells us who it is. Todd and I present our picks and give our reasons. Andrew chooses who chose the better mother in this instance. Yes. And there are uh, seven choices. So we will have a winner. You may recall the controversy filled <laughs> Valentine's Day episode in which there was an outpouring of support for my pick of <laughs> to, to line up with Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck Ralph. Uh, but uh, uh, producer Andrew didn't see it. But this, this time the choosing will be easier because he's just, yes. it's a one-to-one. He, we, he's, this is the orphan. I, I am the child services. You are the <laughs> presenting prospective parents. Yes. And, and so whoever I think child services are going to go with. Wait, you didn't say that before. Well, no, but I I don't think it changes the... Well, I... Does it change your reason? Well, some of my picks, I don't think the child services would uh, uh, would allow for some of these children to go with some of these mothers. For reasons that will be very obvious when <laughs> well, I make I my think, picks. I, he, he explicitly said, uh, like, uh, issues like if, say, an orphan has a fishtail and lives underwater, uh, the mother does not need to come <laughs> from the same environment. Yes. Okay. Okay. I had a specific thing in mind with that, but uh, yeah. anyway. That was just a random example, listeners. Yes. <laughs> just to pick one out of a hat. Um, uh, we also had a couple of points of order here. So these mothers do not have to be biological mothers, but we are choosing people who have fulfilled a motherly role in uh, in fiction. Is this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So it's it's best when they have exhibited the the motherly traits. Okay. Any other points of order? Uh, not None that come to mind, although I'm sure some will, will come up. Before we get into this mother draft, uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. And you can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash protagonist. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or your MP3 player await you there. So please go again to audibletrial.com slash protagonist to take advantage of a free audiobook download. <laughs> you just said mother draft, and I, I was thinking, like, the mother of all drafts. <laughs> uh, but then I also remembered one point of order, which is... 
Dang it, I forgot it. It'll come. It'll come to me. Let's get started. All right. All right. Todd, I will let you choose heads or tails as I flip the child's toy to determine our... Will you please tell me what kind of child's toy it is? This is an Avengers Age of Ultron Kellogg's unfoldable disc. Frisbee kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> you can collapse. Okay. Yeah. Came in a cereal box. So, um, I choose heads. It is tails, unfortunately. Uh, which means Joseph gets to choose whether he responds with the first or second mother. And we'll go, we'll go in stick order. So if I choose first this time. Yes. Uh, because this draft causes the elimination, like once I say a particular mother or Todd picks a particular mother, if one of us had that one later down in our list or for a different character, that's exactly what I was going to say earlier. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. It's off the table. I will choose first just so there's no chance of my pick <laughs> being taken. I can't right. imagine you taking any of my picks. The I could see you taking mine because they're perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the, the first orphan child abandoned on the steps of the protagonist orphanage uh, and who is in need of parenting, specifically mothering, is Ray from The Force Awakens. I have a question about this. Do we know that Ray is an orphan? Well, she, she abandoned, abandoned. Yeah, we parents still could be out Does, there. Yeah. But we we according to the UN's are. definition, is an orphan someone whose parents are dead, or simply? I think, I think absent is an acceptable. For, okay. For the purposes of the protagonist orphanage, yes, she's an orphan. She, she would okay. she would be under the protective services of the protagonist orphanage. I'd she, say. I guess she is sort of under the protection of the state on a yeah, on Jakku. <laughs> The, the state junk dealer. The state, yes. the state junk dealer, yes. Okay. Go ahead, Joe. All right. So uh, when I was thinking about Ray, I was thinking this is uh, a character who is incredibly cap- capable, uh, seems hyper-intelligent, um, seems quite capable of taking care of herself, seems able to respond to a lot of the issues that arise around her uh, just on her own. Uh, so she doesn't need a mother that is... You know, going to smother her, going to take care of everything. She's she's able to do a lot of those things. So I was thinking, who is a mother that um, has a, has demonstrated the ability to be a good mother to a child that can be independent and quite intelligent and capable and all these other things? And when, once I thought of it that way, it was immediately obvious. Lorelai Gilmore, the mother of <laughs> Rory Gilmore. <laughs> uh, Rory is, in many ways actually more mature than her mother. <laughs> um, but ends up going, she has her choice of going to Harvard or Yale. Like she's just a really smart, uh, dedicated, intelligent girl. And that's the kind of mother that I think Ray needs is someone who established the ability to take care of that kind of child. Okay. That's a good pick, but not as good as mine. <laughs> <laughs> we, we will let Andrew be the judge of that. <laughs> no, that is a good pick. I like that. You ready for mine? Yes. So as I was thinking about Ray, um, so it's kind of there's kind of two ways you can go with this. So one way you can think, you try to match a mother up with a child's characteristics, like a make a match, or you try to get a mother who will balance uh, a child's characteristics. In this case, I went for um, a match. So I was thinking of uh, what are Ray's qualities, much as you did, Joseph, and I thought uh, the two the two things that stand out to me. Our Ray is courageous, and she is kind. And it made me think of uh, the 2015 Cinderella film. Uh, this is exactly Kenneth what Branagh's, I started thinking of when you described Kenneth that. Kenneth Branagh's uh, uh, the mother of Cinderella, who um, her, her best uh, advice to Cinderella as she's passing away is be courageous and be kind. 
And, uh, this is the advice right before she leaves her daughter as an orphan. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so I would really like for her to just be able to be a mom to somebody. And if she can't be a mom to Cinderella, then I think she would be a great mom for Ray. <laughs> so the, the premise is this, a, a living <laughs> Cinderella's mother. Yes. Not not the dying Cinderella's mother. Yes. No, not, not the raise mob and die instantly. Not the dead, not the dead Cinderella's mother, but uh, but a Cinderella's mother in an alternate so, universe who doesn't get the plague and die, right? And is able to raise Ray. She's gonna have more than four minutes of screen time, and teach her how to be uh, courageous and kind. All right, hmm. we've made our picks, and the protagonist orphanage is going to be selecting. In this circumstance, it is going to be selecting. Laura like Gilmore. Oh. Boom! Insurmountable lead. <laughs> primarily <laughs> insurmountable lead. Uh, primarily because of the track record of support with Lorelai Gilmore and um, the advice that Cinderella's mother would be giving Ray is something she has mastered in solitude anyway. Okay. Okay. I'll so just point out that Lorelai Gilmore is sort of a train wreck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But she has a good relationship with her daughter. <laughs> Most of the time. There's a okay. rough spot. <laughs> but... I feel like Ray would be a better mother for Lorelai than Lorelai would be <laughs> well, for Ray. Uh, Rory is a better mother for Lorelai than I mean, Lorelai is for Rory. <laughs> let, let's face it. Based on The Force Awakens, Ray doesn't really need anybody. <laughs> and we, okay. we can get into the Lorelai-Rory di- dynamic at a future episode when we talk about Gilmore okay. Girls. All Such right. a good series. All right. The second uh, orphan on our list is someone that I'm really most familiar with from Saturday Morning Cartoons. This is Jubilation Lee, or Jubilee, from the X-Men. A Asian-American mutant. An Asian-American mutant mall rat who wears a yellow trench coat. Yes. Very early 90s. Late 80s, early 90s. It's it's a very 90s. Does she wear, like, those uh, sunglasses that look like goggles? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She got the spiky hair. Sure did. Uh Uh-huh. Short, spiky hair. She was on rollerblades a lot, because, again, Mm -hmm. late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, rollerblades. (laughs) Uh, Those were the days. And this... That was uh, a good Christmas for me. Getting rollerblades (laughs) and a hockey stick. (laughs) Yeah. Started you on your career in professional hockey talk? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Those, Those were the Wayne Gretzky days. Uh, Todd, um, you do get first pick here. My first pick is so was I was thinking about Jubilee. So she's she's totally into fashion, and she's at the mall, and she wears this crazy yellow trench coat. She's kind of immature, and she needs somebody. She needs like a stabilizing influence in her life. I mean, her her mutant power is uh, that she shoots fireworks out of her. Um, so I thought, who who could be a really strong grounding influence for her. And I thought of uh, this movie that I watched a lot when I was a kid. Uh, it's one of my mother's favorites. It's a uh, Sarah Plain and tall. So Sarah Plain and tall is a great film. Uh, there's a book. I have not read the book, but the, in the, in the film, she's played by Glenn Close and she's a pioneer kind of woman. And she's Otherwise known as uh, the pirate that gets put in the boo box. <laughs> no. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Glenn Close is, she's making a. She's got a, range. Yeah. She yes, does have range. She does. So are you familiar with Sarah Plain at all? I'm not. Okay. So I've heard of it. There's I'm a man not. and he loses his wife and he has two children and he's, he has a farm out on the, on the frontier and he needs a strong woman to be with him. And so he puts an ad in the paper for a woman and, uh, and Sarah answers the ad. And she comes, and she's sort of like a, a mail-order bride, I guess. 
and the children sort of don't know what to make of her, but she's just awesome. She's this, she's plain and tall and she's strong and she loves the kids and she learns how to love this man and they make a life out on the prairie. And I think that <laughs> she would be a great influence for Jubilee. Sarah plain and tall. Okay. <clears throat> All right. I think that's I might an, have to concede this one. Right that's a that's an interesting pick, Todd. <laughs> I, it, I'm enjoying thinking about it. All right, uh, my pick. I was thinking about Jubilee. Uh, some of the issues, like there's, I've seen that pilot for the 1990s X Men many times, many many times, and like her her foster parents don't know what how to help her because she's got mutant powers. They they don't know what to do with that. She's also moody and angsty, which they don't know what to do. Which I don't know what they're expecting for a teenager. She's a teenager. <laughs> yeah, so they had a teenage daughter. Uh, and I was thinking, who could help with that particular combination of um, uh, inexplicable powers that that can be out of control, also the the natural moodiness of a teenager, and immediately. Helen Parr, Elastigirl from The Incredibles, came to mind. Ooh, she was on my list. Mm. She's mm. pretty good. So well, now she's not on your list. <laughs> yes, she is. Draft. I'm sorry, she's yeah. taking it off your list. I know. <laughs> that she is was one a, down. She was a backup. Oh. She was a backup. Because uh, I, like I like Sarah Planet all better. Uh, I think she is, obviously there's the superpower thing, but also she's just an awesome mom in that movie. Uh, she has kids who are all over the spectrum in terms of attitudes and emotional stages that they're at in their development and she just knuckles down and, and handles it all. Uh, she's she's a hardworking mother and I think she could handle Jubilee. She's pretty good. I mean, if Jubilee couldn't have Sarah Plain at all, she'd be a good, <laughs> she'd be a good second pick. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Sarah Plain and Tall. All right! Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's, that one was tough, especially because of the superpower advantage with Elastigirl. But based on Todd's description, I really think Sarah Planetall is going to, you know, put in the effort, and it might be a long slog of effort to to get Jubilee to trust her and everything. But it seems like Sarah Planetall is going to do that. Oh, yeah. She's plain, and she's tall, and she's tough. All right. All right. You guys ready for, for round three? It's a tie. Congratulations on your point, Todd. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, round three. This is uh, a man who... who I don't know if there's any information ever provided about the mother he ever had. There's a lot of implications about his mother. But uh there's certainly some info about the father that raised him until he was 10 before being killed. Spurring him on to be become a superhero. I'm talking of Daredevil, the man without fear. <laughs> is there really anything about his mom? It is impl So uh Daredevil's a heavily Catholic uh, yeah. character, and in the 80s... Uh, Frank Miller, who's a writer who kind of redefined it, he heavily implied that there's a nun at a church that Daredevil goes to often when he does his confessions, uh, when, well, when Matt Murdock does, and implied that that nun had given birth to a child and then run away to life in a nunnery. Hmm. Okay. That, I think, has not been really captured in the rest of the no, mythos, because that didn't make it any... doesn't okay, make any adaptation. Any of the Daredevil stuff I think that that's I've the read. only implications that we get. Okay. And I don't know that very many other writers have picked that up and run with it. Or or really mentioned at all. Because I've read a good deal of Daredevil yeah. at some points. But anyway, specifically I'm dealing with the uh, Netflix Daredevil. Alright, so we have a child who is blind, but uh, also has some superpowers that are coming along with it. Who's incredibly driven. And a uh, strong survivor. And again, I, you know, I start to think about those and, and what are some other moms who know how to, to take care of such things. And I thought of... Franny Lancaster, who, you might not know that name, is the mother from the 
uh, young adult novel, The Fault in Our Stars, which was turned into a weepy young adult film. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, know nothing about uh, so, the book or the film. Okay, so, so I've read the book of not, the female lead, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. I've not seen the movie. I've read the book. I've read the book. Okay, in the book, uh, it is about um, a girl who has cancer, and it's terminal, and... Uh, but long-term. Yes, but she knows, essentially, she's going to die. Uh, and she's going to support group for other terminally ill children. Mostly cancer. Yeah, mostly cancer. Uh, and it might be all cancer. It's been a while since I read the book. Uh, but she kind of falls in love with one of the other boys uh, in this group. But uh, but the mom is kind of an interesting figure in the book because she's had to learn to kind of let her daughter go and live a life while also doing everything she can to take care of her and ensure that's the healthiest life possible, but not making cancer to find a life. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And even uh, like the mom starts to uh, work for helping uh, an organization that helps parents of terminally ill children. So like she starts to like transition saying, I know my life is going to live beyond that of my child. What do, I, what do I have to do next? And if you're the parent of Daredevil, I think you need to accept <laughs> that you may outlive your child <laughs> the way that he lives his life. Uh, so I, for those reasons, I was thinking uh, Franny Lancaster would be a good mother for Daredevil. Okay. That's a respectable pick. <laughs> but the right pick is God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, uh, if, you're, if your child's name is Daredevil, there's one <laughs> thing we know about Daredevil, and that's uh, that he gets hurt a lot. And I have not seen something medical. <laughs> I have not seen all of the Netflix uh, series. I got, I got squeamish. I got squeamish because that guy because he gets hurt <laughs> is, is hurt all it's a the time. Violent world that he is. It's a violent, in. gritty, bloody world that he lives in. And he needs as a mother, none other than Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. <laughs> <laughs> What right. better mother for Daredevil <laughs> than uh, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman? She lives on the frontier. She is able to deal with gunshot wounds, knife wounds, uh, animal attacks. Um, she can deliver children. She can and, and do it all. Now, all those things you mentioned, she can also treat them as yes. well as receive them and dish them out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so my, my pick is uh, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman for Daredevil, played by the inimitable <laughs> Jane Seymour. That's... I mean, that's an obvious choice. Joseph's not in conceit to this one. <laughs> i give you that one, Todd. <laughs> I thought I had a good one. You had a better one. <laughs> that, was, uh, that, that was an inspired choice, that was a late. That was a late game. It uh, was a late game uh, edition, but a good one, I think. That's, right. a, that's a really, so really right now, solid Todd, choice. Todd two to one. Uh, <laughs> and he has the first pick. Yes, he has the first pick. And and he has home, home field advantage on this next one. Okay. All right. The next one is... A, a truly great Does that mean I just broke character. serve? Is that what we're saying? Uh, is, yes, yeah. is that a term? Uh, <laughs> I don't know that one. That's a I, tennis. That's a I, tennis term. I think you used that correctly. <laughs> I broke serve. Yes. So next up, we have uh, a character who is very near and dear to many people and, and an icon of the screen, I'd say. Dorothy Gale from The Wizard of Oz. Okay. So one of the one of the mothers that uh, that came to my mind as I was doing this, and I, I needed to find a, a good place for her, and this is I think the best place for her. Uh, see, Dorothy Gale is raised by her aunt M. Mm-hmm. Auntie M. Auntie M. And so I thought uh, to make this transition as smooth as possible, I would replace one aunt M for a second aunt M, and my mother pick for Dorothy Gale is Aunt May, Peter Parker's aunt, Aunt May. Okay. She's fantastic. She loves Peter. 
She takes good care of him. Uh, she can handle uh, crazy. And uh, and Dorothy's life is kind of crazy. So <laughs> I go with Aunt May. Okay, Todd. I was worried. I thought you were He was mine. so worried. He I was, thought you had mine. <laughs> he, was, he was twisting and turning. I have Did you pick Aunt another May? aunt? No, no. But I have oh. Aunt May on my list. Uh, not, not as, as an not alternate. Not anymore. <laughs> yes. As, I had her as an alternate. So I, when I started this list of mothers, uh, before I started to try and match any up and say this one's perfect for that one, I just thought, who are the best mothers in literature? And this yes. is actually the first name that came to mind. Actually, the only name for a while because I was doing some some other things. I wasn't really, but but one name popped front and center of a great mother who would be able to give any of these characters a really good home. But I think it's a good match for for Dorothy. And I'm of course, I mean, obviously, I'm talking about Molly Weasley. She was. Uh, that's a that's a really great that's a really great pick. Who, uh, I mean, you mentioned Dorothy has some crazy adventures uh, and just needs a home to go back to. And I think Molly Weasley has a wonderful track record of offering a home to anyone who's in the midst of a crazy adventure and just welcoming them in with open arms and giving them a better home than they ever knew could exist. And so uh, for Dorothy Gale, I pick Molly Weasley. Molly Weasley was on my uh, on my list of alternates, and um, she could easily have fit in any of these places. Yes. Yeah, like that was my first pick. Like, who's a good mother in literature? Oh, Molly Weasley. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, that was my yep. thought process. She's very high on my list as well. This is not a decision I was hoping to make <laughs> between Molly Weasley and Aunt May. <laughs> <laughs> yes, specifically because. I don't really like either of them. What? Really? <laughs> Shocking. Like, like Molly Weasley's fine, but I, I don't have the affinity towards Harry Potter that Joe has. Okay. Um, and that most people have. And I think sometimes she was stepping a little outside her bounds in her, her caring love. for Henny, her for love. Harry. <laughs> yeah. She had too much love. That's your complaint? Yes. Too much for Harry and maybe not enough for all her children. <laughs> oh, well, Rhonda's who that, I guess. Okay. Um... <laughs> And Aunt May, I just, oh, I, I never enjoy Aunt May. <laughs> I, I, can I, can I make one, uh, one addendum to my, to my argument for Aunt May? You said you're losing. Sure. Time. No, <laughs> no, I just, um, I just have recent, I just re- was recently reading, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. And you the Aunt May, Ultimate. the Aunt May in, oh. uh, in Ultimate Spider-Man. It, that is, the one that, that is, she knows that he's Spider-Man and she's totally down with Aunt it. May. And uh, Johnny Storm come and yeah. uh, and what's his name? Gwen Iceman. Stacey. Gwen Stacy. They're all living in the yeah. in the apartment together. That Aunt May. That's the one that I'm thinking of. Still, she's no just Molly to be Weasley. Clear. Just to be clear, she's fantastic. <laughs> no Molly Weasley. But like this is uh, like I don't really care. Like in in my mind, it's like I think the orphanage is gonna say anything. What? <laughs> but. Like, I'm going to lean towards the ultimate Aunt May. Oh, this is a commanding lead Todd has taken. <laughs> I did um, not see this going this way. Like, but, I'll just but, say that you called a one-point lead insurmountable. And now... <laughs> <laughs> I saw, when you didn't say Molly Weasley, I thought I had this one in the bag. You need a clean sweep. Now, granted, it's it's largely because Todd picked the best Aunt May out of all the Aunt Mays. You, there's no need or, for or all the Aunt May. Weasley, because it's Molly Weasley. Ugh, okay. But, but oh. uh, yeah, like, like Aunt May always drives me nuts. Like, every time I see her, I'm just like, uh, why'd they, why'd they save your life? Yeah. <laughs> in, oh. in that, well, bring her back. And there was a, a Spider-Man story where they brought her back from the dead yeah. at the expense of Peter Parker's marriage. Okay. <laughs> I was not a fan of that storyline. <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, so, so Todd, Todd has ooh, three to one, three, three to one. one. All right. But I'm going to come screaming back here. <sighs> Maybe. Okay. Can we take a break and uh, and I can tell you about something awesome? Yeah, I yes, need to collect please, my thoughts. Please do. I need to 
Need to strategize. So, uh, so as I was preparing for this, uh, this episode, I was thinking a lot. And I suspect that you uh, and, and you, dear listeners, uh, have occasion to think about things. And sometimes your very best ideas come to you at the most inopportune times, like when you're taking a shower. Has this ever happened to you when you have a great idea and you're in the shower and you think, oh, I cannot forget this. I have to write it down before I get out of the shower. Well, I found <laughs> something that's pretty amazing. It's called Aqua Notes. Waterproof notepad. 40 <laughs> sheets. Mountable. With suction cups, and it sticks on the tile in your bathtub. You write on it with a regular number two pencil, and this paper can get wet. It doesn't matter, and you just write it on it with your pencil. So on the little pencil, it says, huh. no more no more good ideas down the drain. And uh, you get this blue pencil. Uh, the lightning strikes while you're you know scrubbing away, and you just grab the pencil and write it down. So if you're wondering, listeners, why I have a three-to-one lead right now <laughs> – it's all because of Aquanotes, and if you're interested in Aquanotes, you can pick them up on Amazon. We'll have a link in our show notes. Uh, this is Aquanotes Waterproof Notepad, 40-sheet mountable. Uh, it's $8.87. They have 422 customer reviews and uh, four and a half stars on Amazon. Oof. That's a sizable. It's, uh, it's fantastic. So pick it up and uh, go. Uh, make sure that when you do, you go to protagonistpodcast.com slash Amazon. And now, when you, when do you that, go listeners, there, <laughs> it's going to look just like Amazon. It looks it exactly like Amazon. You'll think that you did something wrong, but you didn't do anything wrong. Uh, it won't have our logo on it. It doesn't look like anything except for regular Amazon. Uh, but we get a pretty, a pretty nice uh, kickback from that. Uh, so go pick up your Aquanotes and uh, and enjoy never letting another good idea go down the drain. You too could have a three to one lead on life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, really, number two pencil just number two pencil on the waterproof that paper. Is made of. <laughs> it's amazing. Right. It's amazing. But I've got it right here. I've got, I've got my little sheet that I wrote in the in the in the thing. There's Aunt May number three. <laughs> Todd does does a number one pencil. Sarah work. Plain and Tall number. <laughs> Holy cow! Almost every single one that I picked that's on my list, I got in the shower with my Aquanotes. <laughs> what are that? I I don't think there's a better ringing endorsement than that. <laughs> no. Uh, let's continue. Who's first? Uh, next up, Joseph's going to have yeah, uh, yeah. the okay. first pick on uh, pick number five. Joseph's been uh, feeling pretty smug about this one all night. I, I talked to him beforehand. I like this pick, but uh, but I'm... We'll I think see this how is, it goes. This is the start of my comeback. Okay. All right. Uh, this is Now, this one's especially difficult because it's not one child, and it's not two children. It is four Unique and diverse children. Some might say iconically diverse. Some might say <laughs> tropically diverse. Uh, if you look at TV tropes, you'll find a lot of info about it. Uh, this is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. All four of them have have had no mother. So, so you need a mom for Leonardo, Michelangelo, Donatello, and Raphael. Right. So this is, this is a household that one. It's going to be a little chaotic. <laughs> It's gonna, it's it's gonna be a little crazy at times. Mm-hmm. You you might get Foot Clan, yeah, just yeah. breaking in there. Um, and these are a lot of strong personalities that are all gonna have to be able to live under one household. And as you said, they're all unique personalities. This isn't like some homogenous group. 
And uh, I think the iconic mother that could handle that kind of crazy household filled with just bold characters is none other than Morticia Adams. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I think she is very well equipped to raise the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, both because of their otherness from everyone that will be around them, Mm -hmm. uh, but also she could handle... All of the, uh, the, the craziness that they just bring with them inherently. It just oh, yeah. takes it in stride. Yeah, just in stride. She just carries on. This is four more children in this wonderful household I already have that has an Uncle Fester. <laughs> that has, uh, Winston Pugs like Cousin It who's running around. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's ready for this. And, and, and they're fine with, uh, Master Splinter. Oh, yeah. Being Master, part of Master Splinter could come right in. Casey Jones, no yeah. problem. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think, I think, it's worth noting, not only is she going to be able to handle their otherness, she's really going to be promoting it yes, to them. Yes, she will embrace that fully. Yes. <laughs> Embraced she and, won't ask and them where the exaggerated. In public. <laughs> okay. Are you done? Yes, yes. Todd, uh, <laughs> who's are, your, are you ready, Todd? To, I think to Morticia is a good pick if you want uh, the Ninja Turtles to turn into uh, crazy people. But if you need a real, uh, a real grounding influence for them... I, I think he, I would I would argue for taking this in a, in a slightly different direction. So I've been watching a lot of uh, Legend of Korra lately. This is the uh, the sequel to Avatar: The Last Airbender, which we discussed last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in Legend of Korra, there is a woman. She doesn't get a ton of screen time. She doesn't get a lot of credit, but she's one of my favorite characters in the in the series. This is Pema. This is Tenzin's wife. So Tenzin is the head of the airbenders. Mm-hmm. And the, he was one of the very last of the airbenders. And he uh, is married to a woman named Pema. And she has no magical abilities. So she's not she doesn't bend anything. Uh, but she's the mother of these little kids that run around. And uh, some of them are pretty crazy. She has a little cr- a crazy little... He's like three or four year old. Um kind of reminds me of my crazy three-year-old <laughs> and uh and she becomes a mother figure for cora who has all kinds of uh issues with uh, anger and aggression and frustration and she helps cora uh move into her role as the avatar um she's peaceful she's kind she's super compassionate uh, but she knows how to deal with people with uh, special abilities she knows how to deal with crazy she's able to protect her children when they need uh, protecting and uh and i think she would be a really good Again, sort of like Sarah Plain and Tall. She'd be like a nice grounding, calming influence. The airbenders are all about peace and harmony. And I think if you really want the Ninja Turtles to, to mature and grow, uh, they really need someone like Pema to kind of – like a, a gentle guiding hand, sort of like a splinter. So that's right. my argument for Pema. All right. This one is sound in my mind, settled on Morticia Adams. <laughs> I saw his reaction when I said that name, and I thought, I've got one more point. I'm one yeah. point closer. <laughs> I, felt like you, I feel like you were making Joe's arguments for him. <laughs> well, it, 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 it felt so clear. Okay. While there are certainly aspects of your pick, Todd, that, that are nice, I think Morticia is going to give them uh, a more deep sense of family and okay. belonging than, than Pema offers. Also... They don't necessarily need peace. <laughs> they they, they kind of they just... kind of need the uh, the enhancing influence to their own personalities that Morticia offers. Whereas I feel like Pema would be counteracting some of their own personalities. 
Really? Yeah, like, she doesn't have to deal with a Raphael. <laughs> She'd be great for Leonardo. But I, even Michelangelo... I know nothing about Todd's pick, so I can't, I can't offer any commentary. <laughs> but I feel like she doesn't have, you know, the opportunity to connect as strongly with different just, elements I, of I, them. I, I, this, I'm surprised that you think that the Ninja Turtles don't need a calming influence, that they need somebody to, like, encourage their crazy. Isn't that what, isn't that what Splinter does? Splinter's like, no, calm Splinter, down. Yeah, but that's meditate, why they need, be peaceful. And that's why, that's why they need April and Casey. Well, then pick April O'Neil as the mom for the Ninja Turtles, but not more That'd be that. weird. That's a little on the nose. Todd. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Come on, Todd. Be All serious. Right. Take this seriously, Todd. I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it, but that's okay. That's okay. You, you, you're still I, in the lead. You're still in the lead. Still I know, but the reason that I'm lead. fighting is because I'm pretty sure I'm not going to win the next one. <laughs> I'm not sure about my last one either. So uh, I feel like this may be like a, a Billy last Mills. <laughs> Joe's coming around the corner like Billy Mills. <laughs> Did you? Oh, Todd, have you seen the uh, the video of the runner who came back in a four by four relay with the Irish announcers? No, I have right, to well, we'll have this. This is, good is Billy the Mills? most amazing track comeback I've ever seen. Wow. Yes. Okay. Uh, and there's Irish announcers, which makes it even better. And <laughs> oh, one of them fantastic. yells out in their Irish accent, she's coming back from the depths of hell. <laughs> it's, it's a fantastic four minutes of, okay. of YouTube clip. All right. Uh, we'll put that, we'll put that in the, in the show notes. So, so it's possible Joseph's having that comeback. Okay. From, from the depths, from the depths of, of hell. Of hell. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, our next pick. Uh, speaking of depths, <laughs> is an ocean dweller, uh, and this is this is a character who was argued against because of she has a father, <laughs> like a, a very literal father, biological present. Yes, this is Ariel, the Little Mermaid, uh, who has no mother. Now, just point of clarification. I'm assuming we're all dealing with the Disney Ariel and yes. not the original Hans Christian. No, yes. I, I was going with the Disney. Okay, so not bubbles or anything. No. <laughs> or foam, I guess. <laughs> sea foam. And... Okay. Are we ready for this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, when I was yeah, a little kid, when I was a little kid, I used to listen to Disney radio. It was one of my favorite things. And I think uh, you mean Radio Disney? Radio Disney, yes. Uh, and on the Radio Disney, they, they had a, uh, some kind of, show and they were talking about um characters from disney movies and they were talking about the worst like who's the worst character <laughs> and ariel was at the top of their list because wow. she's, and she's this is on radio disney <laughs> they were, yes they were they were disparaging their own so they were talking yes they were talking about like think about her for a minute she puts her whole family at risk she turns her dad into a little like tadpole uh seaweed thing, thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because she's she wants to go after some dumb boy, like <laughs> it's the worst kind of irresponsibility. And and then they contrasted that with like uh, Belle from Beauty and the Beast, who sacrifices herself and her whole future uh, to free her father from prison. A um, quick, quick note: I yes. once saw uh, a list online, and it was alternate titles for Disney films, and Little Mermaid was "Change for Your Man." <laughs> Yeah, and and Beauty and the Beast was Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> I I've I've already been clear on this podcast. I really like uh, Beauty and the Beast. I so do, do not, I. So I do I. not like The Little Mermaid, and I do not like Ariel. Oh, um, so I don't know. So as I was thinking of uh, who to pick for a mother for her, well, first uh, I thought it has to be. I know it doesn't have to be a mermaid, but it should certainly be somebody who's comfortable in the sea. And so, so that that narrows down my picks significantly. 
And so I was thinking of mothers, the sea, uh, who could possibly who could possibly be a mother for Ariel. I don't know what happened with her original mother. Um, I also don't really know very much about this mother, except that she gave her life for her son, Nemo. This is Nemo's mom. Coral. <laughs> I don't know a ton about Coral, except that I really love her at the beginning of that film. And I'm so heartbroken uh, when she dies to protect her her little fish eggs. And I think <laughs> I'm if sorry. anybody... What? I think two of your picks have like four minutes total of screen time. <laughs> I know. But can't can we give these mothers a chance? They've proven themselves in those four minutes of screen time to be better mothers than than many, many mothers that we that, see. That I mean, have are, much more screen time. That have much, much more screen time. And I think Nemo's mom deserves to have a chance to to be a mother for longer than four minutes. And I'd like to see her take a crack at Ariel and have her turn Ariel into something besides change for your man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I realized as soon as I, I joked about you making a pick that only had a couple minutes of screen time, maybe I should hold off because my pick <laughs> has very little page time. <laughs> very small word count for my pick. Um, and I was... Thinking, I, I mean, I agree with all the criticisms that have been voiced about The Little Mermaid and that mm-hmm. <laughs> you deconstruct some of the messages there. It's, uh, maybe, maybe sending some, some, uh, some problematic <laughs> ideals out. And I'm not even, I don't, I don't even consider myself to be like fully on the, like all Disney movies are terrible bandwagon. Oh, I yeah. I think that's, uh, that's a harsh bandwagon. It goes too far. <laughs> but The Little Mermaid, man, there's, it's pretty hard to justify <laughs> what goes on in yeah. that movie. And so I was trying to think of a way, like, well, how did Ariel end up that way? And I think a key factor in that is her overbearing and over-controlling father, who basically has his way or the highway as his only mentality, and that causes her to choose the highway. <laughs> um, and I, I think if there had been someone there who had often uh, offered a more balanced style of parenting, as something to offset, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's Triton, right? It's her father? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, to offset Triton's... Um, kind of, uh, a, uh, you know, selfish style of parenting, selfish meaning like it, it has to be his way only. Uh, I, I thought maybe if there's a mother there who was willing to put the child's needs before her own, uh, while still having Triton there and offering some of that strictness that I think is necessary for childhood, we maybe would have had a more well-rounded Ariel that came out and maybe didn't sell herself her voice <laughs> for a man she saw from a distance. <laughs> um, and so... When I was thinking about mothers who would put their child first, and again, this is the uh, forming that ideal balance with Triton at this point, I thought of uh, the mother from the story of King Solomon. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did not see that coming. I, I was not expecting a biblical take on this. <laughs> it hit me late in the game. Well, Ariel was a late substitution for one of the other orphans on the list, and uh, I, I was thinking, I, I, again, this is working in conjunction with the parenting style we already have on display with King Triton. Uh, a mother who is willing to sacrifice her own happiness uh, and her own, you know, just all out for her child's well-being. And uh, the, demonstrating the pure motherhood that King Solomon was able to see uh, when she did. Uh, so, so the story, famous story, I'm sure all of the listeners are aware, but just in case, uh, two women cl- come and claim that the same child is is theirs, and King Solomon has to decide which child is the real mother. 
And he says, well, we'll cut the baby in half. And mother, one of the mothers is fine. And the other one says, no, no, she, she can have the child and consult and says, obviously you're, you're the real mother. I don't know what the one mother was planning on doing with half a child. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, this is the, uh, I think ideal of, of motherhood is that you're, you, she's sacrificing her life with her child in order that her child can have a life at all. And it sounds like, it sounds like you're making the argument for Nemo's mom. Except you just don't have Nemo's mom. <laughs> uh, mine came well and before. She live, and she well. doesn't live in the she doesn't live in the sea. I think Nemo's mom might have borrowed <laughs> some themes from my story, story of Solomon. Uh, so uh, I, I, we actually did kind of end up on the same path there, I guess, as far as the reasoning. <laughs> it's self sacrifice. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think I probably you know explained mine a little better. <laughs> Just kidding, Todd. Uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to pull in any point I can. I'm desperate right now because if I don't get this one, uh, it's over. We don't even have to do the last pick. I I'm going to tell you guys a, a secret. Uh, I had someone in mind for Ariel, the Little Mermaid. It was uh, the woman, the mother from Solomon. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's not who either of you picked, but it was dangerously close because. I was thinking of Dory. <laughs> <laughs> I almost went with Dory, but I like Nemo's. I want to see Nemo's mom. No, I, I thoroughly support that choice. But I I was thinking, it's like, Dory's really great. Dory would take care of someone. I don't know that she'd remember to. I don't know that Dory <laughs> no. would be the best mother for Ariel. <laughs> no, I'm she not sure. She had a daughter but very I quickly. Really, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Dory. I'm a big like fan Dory. of Finding Nemo. And, and so I, I will be going with Todd's pick of Coral. Nevit. Uh, I believe this is where I drop the mic. (laughs) I think we need to stop doing these. I haven't won one since the first one we did back last year. And I've got to say, you guys, you got to do Finding Nemo sometime and talk about Marlin. Because I love Finding Nemo. He is an excellent example of fatherhood, I think, in in all the best ways. I have this whole spiel about it. I've given to friends and they hate me. (laughs) Because we should definitely do that to our listeners. But no, I mean, I'm not going to get into it right now. Um, so yes, this is going to go to Coral, uh, the sacrificing clownfish, instead of like the iconic mother of all mothers, the <laughs> the platonic ideal of motherhood. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the second time I feel robbed. Just so no. you know. <laughs> really? Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. We'll <laughs> no. see. We'll let we'll let the we'll let our our listeners. Yeah, our listeners come to my defense. I, 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 I felt Chime more robbed this. about the Jane Bennett and uh, mm-hmm. Wreck It Ralph pick. <laughs> you you certainly did feel more robbed about that. Now, Todd, uh, I do have a question regarding yes. Coral. Uh huh. In in the situation, she swims down towards the eggs. It's not clear what her plan is. Um. Whereas Marlin swims at the Barracuda. I can't remember. So. We don't I know, really know I, I much of what happens. Mind the the idea that she died protecting her children. I have no doubt about that. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I think it's kind of vague, and maybe we should reconsider. <laughs> <laughs> From what I'm hearing right now, I don't know that that's a certainty. <laughs> you saying she's a coward? <laughs> yeah, maybe she's really white. Todd. I will. That, I will. That I will me. not stand for you sullying Coral's good name, <laughs> Mr. Dorowski. <laughs> I hadn't even thought that she's a coward teller. Doctor, <laughs> <Dr. laughs> I, I think oh that goodness. reading is, is possible. <laughs> <laughs> so we have one more on the list, which we will run through anyway. Uh, yeah. uh, even though this game has been decided. Uh, I think this, this pick's so good it could be worth three points. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
this last one is uh, someone who we really just know as an adult, um, but maybe could have used a more motherly touch. Although I don't know how okay. his race views that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, uh, well, I I'll wait till you say it. Say, say what the pick is. Yeah, it, it is Worf from Star Trek. And uh, just real quick, in one episode, we do see that he has some fantastic adoptive parents, actually. Ah. One episode. Uh, humans that raised him. And, and so there is that, that he has some pretty good adoptive parents already. But for the sake of this, we're just going to run with it and pretend. He, he always did feel disconnected anyway. Yes. Uh, so a Federation ship finds a Klingon uh, child after decades of war between the Federation and the Klingons. So there's some inherent fear and otherness and uh, even... Perhaps some outright hatred that this child Prejudice. is going to be experiencing uh, as they grow up. And so I was thinking of a mother who helps to, you know, just it kind of seems like innately helps to overcome those issues. And I thought of Peg Boggs, who is the Avon lady who finds Edward Scissorhands what? and immediately oh. takes him into her home. <laughs> okay. okay. And Edward Scissorhands, a lot of others, not a fear and prejudice coming at him. Uh, and she has none of it. Like he's part of the family immediately. And she, uh, she tries to give him his, his normal life that he can have with his scissor hands. <laughs> no water beds though. <laughs> no water beds. Water is bad. <laughs> the Avon lady. <laughs> yeah. So I'm choosing, uh, the Avon lady from Edward Scissorhands. I like that. That's a good pick. Do you like it worth three points, Todd? Good. <laughs> I don't like it worth three points. And I don't, I don't know if I even like it better than mine, but it's a good pick. <laughs> Okay, uh, so I don't know a ton about Worf. I guess uh, apparently we none of us know uh, a lot about Worf's early days, except that uh, that that he was found by this Federation starship. But I was thinking of Worf, and I was thinking who could be a great mother for him. Uh, you need somebody strong, really strong, like it, more than human strong. Uh, you need somebody who's brave. You need somebody who's not afraid to uh, stand up to big, strong men. And, uh, and I thought of Kala. This is the gorilla mother that takes in Tarzan in the, in the Disney's Tarzan. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's awesome. And she takes care of Tarzan and she teaches him, uh, how to become a good, uh, a good gorilla and a good man. And she stands up to all the people who want to get rid of him, all the gorillas that want to get rid of him because he's not a real gorilla. And, uh, and she's awesome. And when she sings to him that lullaby, man, this, this just gets me every time. So sweet. She's one of my favorite moms. I love her. Kala, the gorilla, for Worf. Because she's such a great mom, that's the reason I didn't have Tarzan on this list <laughs> of, of, of orphans. Because I thought about him, I'm like, no, but he's got a great mom in that. Yes. Uh, so this one's also going to Todd. It's just giving us a sound thrashing. I look forward to the flood of support coming away from our <laughs> listeners. The inevitable Facebook comments that say... Clearly my picks for Jubilee and Worf and maybe Ariel. Much <laughs> <laughs> stronger. I think your pick for the for Worf, that's a good pick. That, that Avon lady. Um But I like Kala. She's but Kala also can handle the otherness. Pretty much all the same points that Joseph was touching on. So Todd's still she can thunder. also handle. <laughs> um So yeah. And she can is, handle Klingons. This is very soundly in Todd's uh, Todd's pocket. What was the final count? I, I, I stopped counting. It's uh, five to two. Ooh, wow! <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> so uh, I had Ray and uh, and the Ninja Turtles and the Ninja Turtles. 
That's, that's interesting. <laughs> wow, I, I never thought these drafts would turn out to be so controversial as they have. <laughs> By that you mean as I mean rough that, for you. No, no, I mean that the clear right choices aren't being respected. <laughs> <laughs> Judging. <laughs> Although you did concede uh, one or two. Oh, yeah, yeah, Dr. Queen Medicine Woman. That was a home run. Which one was that? that, that Daredevil? Was, yeah, for Daredevil, yeah, Dr. Queen. That was Quinn. probably the best pick of the night. <laughs> And, and I feel like he wouldn't be keeping that a secret from her. She'd be on board. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now, did you guys have any uh, great mothers backups that you that you wanted to bring up? Well, yeah, I'm wondering if any of these should have been my front runners. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's uh, see. My my uh, backup mothers, in case Todd had taken any of mine. Uh, I had Claire Huxtable. Oh, I she's had, good. Uh, Lucy mm-hmm. Ricardo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which she'd be a good mother for. Uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> that's, that's where I was leading for that one. <laughs> your, 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 your vision of motherhood and mine are pretty, pretty different. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Brady. For, uh, I can't remember her first name. For the Brady Bunch. I just forgot. Uh, oh, yeah. Janet? Yeah, maybe. Uh, Ma Kent. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, I had Aunt May. Uh, see, Ma see. Kent would have been a good pick for Worf. I'm just saying. Alien baby. I had the best pick for Worf already. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and then, let's see, my other one that I didn't use uh, was Lois from Malcolm in the Middle. That's a good mom. Hmm. In the middle. I don't know Malcolm in the Middle. We will discuss it at some point. Okay. Um, I had, uh, I had Lily Potter. Cause I want, I had, so I had a few mothers. A lot, a lot of short lived. You really enjoy the martyr mothers. <laughs> no, I just, I love, uh, I love these women who are, who sacrifice themselves for their children or who, uh, you know, like Cinderella's mom who leaves her. She only has a short time to be with her, but in that short time, she leaves something with her that, uh, that lasts forever. And, uh, Lily does the same thing. She gives Harry, uh, his greatest gift and that's awesome. Um, I had Mrs. Weasley. I had Padme Amidala. I, I don't know why, except that I really, <laughs> I really like Padme as a character, except that she just has the, like the worst choice in a part life partner. And I just wish that there's an alternate universe somewhere in which Padme gets gets a, a like a fair shake, and she just gets to raise Luke and Leia. And uh, so another dead mother, though. Yes, I saw, I saw a, a meme recently, and it and it was a, a shot of. Darth Vader on the operating table, and then Padme on the operating table. And for him, it said, three limbs severed, burned by volcanic ash. We can save him. And then it's her. She's not feeling it anymore. Let her die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, yeah. Yeah. She got a, she really got the short end of the stick in, uh, in this Star Wars universe. And I, and I just hope that somewhere Padme has a different life that's better in an alternate timeline. Which we'll discuss. Teaser for a future episode. <laughs> <laughs> In a future episode. Um, I had a couple of mothers on here who were, who were mothers if I really, really needed a tough love mother. Uh, I have Mother Gothel from, uh, from Tangled. <laughs> See, I had her down as a joke to throw out at the very end. I wrote and down I Mother have, Gothel as a joke. And I have Mrs. Bristow, Sydney Bristow's mom from uh, Alias. I mean, they're just like throw down. If you, if you, if you are at the end of your rope and you know, you do oh. not know what to do with your child, you could always try it and see, what, see if it works. <laughs> Um, I, have I Ma, love Ma Ingalls. Todd, and you just you just said I had a different point of view about mothering. Than you, <laughs> and you're throwing out Mother Gothel. <laughs> I had Ma Ingalls from uh, Little House on the Prairie. She's mm-hmm. great. I have Mrs. Owens that raises uh, nobody. 
in the oh, graveyard book. That's a great choice. That's uh, why I couldn't put him on the list also, of orphans. Who's also dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I have uh, Mrs. Murray from uh, Wrinkle in Time, who I think is a great mother. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, as I, as I was thinking about mothers in fiction, um, there are – when you first sit down and think about it, like – I'm thinking of great mothers in literature. It's 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 not it's not like this huge list instantaneously came to mind. I feel like we could There's, do with a lot more uh, a lot more and a lot better mothers <laughs> in in fiction in general. I don't know if you agree with that. No, or not. I think um, I haven't done this, but I bet if you went and googled. Uh, list of best moms and list of worst moms. The list of worst moms in pop culture is a lot longer than the list of oh, best yeah. moms would be my guess. Certainly. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, and I think this was a really cool exercise for me to think about really great moms. And, uh, and we, I, I think we could always use better, more and better great, uh, great characters in literature in general. But but as as Mother's Day is coming around, I'm really happy that I had the chance to to think about some of these really great moms because there are some really really great moms in literature and uh, film and fiction. That wraps up this episode. Thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to the Protagonist Podcast in iTunes and leave us a review there. It helps to spread the word about our podcast. Links to things we've talked about in this episode are at protagonistpodcast.com, and you can also find a list of all of our previous episodes there. You can suggest stories or characters or send us corrections by emailing feedback at protagonistpodcast.com. And we're all on Twitter. There's at protagonistpod, at Todd K. Mac, at Jay Dorowski, and our producer Andrew is at Andrew underscore Dorowski. And our Facebook fan page is facebook.com slash protagonistpodcast podcast if you go and click like on that page you'll see posts for every episode that we drop and there's a lot of good discussion that takes place there for example you could go ahead and just let our producer andrew know that you disagree with a few of his picks and uh the final tally of of points here uh, we, we would love to see your scorecard and and if someone gets seven for seven better than joseph and todd oh like making picks that are better than ours yeah if, yeah. You, if you get seven for seven then we'll give you a topic yeah, a listener, Alana, uh, went and posted some pics after our Valentine's Day episode, mm-hmm. in which we tried to uh, ship uh, some <laughs> some characters from pop culture. And a lot of her pics, I think, were stronger than the ones really? that I made. <laughs> and she had good yeah, she was really good. Yeah, she was on fire with that. So if any of you want to make your own pics uh, for mothers for these uh, pop culture orphans, feel free to leave those uh, com- uh, those in a comment at facebook.com slash protagonistpodcast. And if you like the show and would like to support us financially, there are a few different ways you can do that. You could buy a topic for us to discuss or show your appreciation for the show with a monetary donation by clicking the support link on our homepage or going to patreon.com slash protagonist. Or maybe you were really uh, amazed by Todd's description of the Aqua Notes. Notes. Aqua Pad? Yes. Aqua, Aqua, Aqua Notes. Aqua Notes. Uh, and you can go buy those by going to protagonistpodcast.com slash Amazon. And we would appreciate if you did that for any of your Amazon purchases. Everything costs the same to you, but we get a little bit of money from Amazon. Helps us keep the lights on. Finally, don't forget to sign up for a free 30-day trial of Audible.com by going to audibletrial.com slash protagonist. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back next week to discuss another great character in a great story. So long. So long. Everything that we've talked about in this episode. No. Dang it. (laughs) I ruined it. All right. One take right now. (laughs) Take number three is my one take.